0: On my you're
1: tuned in with the underground Christian yet. Yes, yes. Please open up your King James Bibles to Revelation chapter 13, verse 16. Let us read. And he shall cause all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, that no man may by herself save he had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him to half-understanding count the number of the beasts, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred, three score, and six. You're tuned in to the Underground Christian Network, and today we're presenting a message warning you about the rise of 666. We've been doing some investigation recently and come across some things that are rather disturbing. When we read verses like the ones we just read earlier, some people, first of all, get upset because we say, Open your King James Bible. The reason why we stress the King James Bible is because of the way it's worded and because it is accurate in the way that it is worded. I want you to notice that it says the mark will be in the right hand or in the forehead most new versions have changed that to read the mark will be on the right hand or on the forehead and this leads us to believe that many unsuspecting people are going to end up taking this technology because they're reading these counterfeit Bibles which tells them the mark is going to be on the skin rather than in the body the technology we're talking about is not something that's far down the road it is something that is already here it's here right now not only is it here now but it is being implemented already but it's being done quietly the companies that are putting it together are being very secretive about this technology they don't want the public to know all the things that this technology can do and it's about time the lid gets blown off this We may be able to slow this train wreck down But we know we're not going to be able to stop it For the Bible foretells these things will indeed happen And the world will be plunged into a world of 666 technology Where people will not be able to buy or sell Unless they have a mark in their right hand or in their forehead What is this technology we're speaking of? Many of you have never heard of it It's called RFID Radio frequency identification. These are small microchips that has the ability to do a whole number of things according to their own companies and patents. Some of these chips are so small they're half the size of a grain of rice and they're making them even smaller. But even with their small size, they have incredible abilities. Their main ability is to be able to track anybody or anything that they are a part of or connected to no matter where you go, anywhere in the world you can be tracked if you have one of these items which means your freedom is over if you have one of these items you can be tracked anywhere you go the technology is being implemented very quietly by companies like Walmart, Target, and Gillette just to name a few they claim that it's for our own good they claim that it's for inventory control they claim that it's just another modern version of the barcode But as you're about to hear in this two-part series, this is no barcode. With a barcode, once you scan an item and walk out the door, you still have your freedom, and you still have your dignity. But with RFID, scanning it at the register is just the beginning. When you walk out the store, that RFID tag is still with you, and it is still turned on. There's nothing that we can do on the outside to stop this machine called RFID. It's very small. You can barely find it, even if you knew it was in there. You can't burn it. You can't pour acid on it and destroy it. It is resistant to heat or cold. It is almost indestructible. Once these devices are implemented, and Walmart has already demanded that all its merchants, if they're going to sell at Walmart, must place these RFID tags in their products, how come the American people and the world has not been told about this? If we're going to lose our freedom, we're going to go down fighting. We're not going to go down like punks. And this is the number one freedom stealer that is being implemented quietly, behind the scenes. What other things do we know of that these technologies can do? They can record your voice, transmit your voice hundreds of miles away, and you can be listened to. This is admitted by their own makers. They can take your picture and transmit your picture. If you buy an item that has an RFID and you pay for it with your credit card or debit card, they not only know who you are, where you are, where you bought it, what you bought, but they can now have your picture and your voice. Do you want to be tracked like that? Some of you say, well, I don't have anything to hide. What do I care? Really? Do you have nothing to hide? Then fine. Do us a favor. Take the door off your bathroom and put a camera in there. Let people watch you on the john. You've got nothing to hide, after all. Put one in your shower. Let people watch you in the shower. After all, you, you've got nothing to hide. Uh, while you're being intimate with your partner, why don't you put that up on the web so that the world can see that you have nothing to hide. All of us have something to hide. It's our own built-in dignity. And if they're going to be implementing this technology on us, I think you should at least know. The Underground Christian Network, once again, we're sticking our neck out, but doggone it, somebody's got to say something. And we're saying it. We want to thank Pastor Billy Crone. We want to put a link to his website at the Underground Christian Network so you can contact him. And there's various other organizations that are doing what they can to try to fight this. But I got a feeling with the new... Democrat Congress that's coming into power and a president that has been so compromised that he's bowing down to their every whim we may be on the verge of 666 far earlier than any of you could ever think the technology's already here and it's already being implemented I had a friend who went to a Phillips 66 outside of Nashville in a place called Hendersonville on Walton's Ferry Road on every single gas pump was a sticker and this is what the sticker said pay with your finger more reliable than debit or credit cards introducing biopay for more information contact the cashier inside so the person went inside and asked about what is this biopay the system has already been set up the lady says well here's what you do you bring in a canceled check from your bank that way we have access to your account We then scan your fingerprint. Everybody has a unique fingerprint. Once we scan your fingerprint, you are now in the database. So when you come in to get gasoline or anything, you simply put your finger on the screen and type in your personal number. And your money is automatically deducted. And you go on about your business. It sounds to me like we're being prepared for the Mark of the Beast. January 2007 This fellow 66 told my friend When Walmart picks up this technology All the other stores are going to follow suit Ladies and gentlemen Christian friends What are you going to do When this technology is implemented full swing? And you can't buy or sell anything unless you put your finger on a machine and type in your personal number. Now, is this the mark of the beast? No, I think it's the next step because the, my Bible says the mark is going to be something that is in the right hand or in the forehead. If that is then the case, this is just one more step toward getting people prepared to accept this. What we're about to present to you is a two-part video series that can be gotten from Pastor Billy Crone. I recommend you get the video because there are things you need to see. You will hear the actual audio from the makers of this technology of exactly what they plan to do, to track every man, woman, boy, and girl from the cradle to the grave. No privacy anywhere you go. Listen to monitored, videotaped, Period, And you can't buy or sell unless you have this technology. That is their ultimate goal. Everything from your cell phone. You can actually be able to use your cell phone the same way you would use a debit card. I kept wondering in in times past, why is it that they're almost giving away cell phones? They're so cheap. But then once you get one, you end up in some kind of trap where the bills keep going up and up and you're being charged for this and you're being charged for that. Where's all this extra money going? Lo and behold, it's all part of what they had planned to get everybody accepting these cheap phones and ultimately you will be linked to your phone and your phone will be used as a way of paying for things the same way you would with a debit card. Just run your phone across it and it automatically deducts the money. But ultimately, people learn phones break Phones get lost, phones get stolen. So people will, down the road, be willing to accept having a chip inside of them that will keep track of all their money, inventory, vital signs, and various other things. You'll hear it right from the own company's representatives, their own videos, their own promotional videos, their own patents. Ladies and gentlemen, 666 is not down the road. 666. Is at the door. Because Pastor Crone paraphrases the Bible during his message, we recommend you follow him with your King James Bible. And thanks for tuning in to the Underground holy Christian, Christian Network Network. Dot com.
2: About to see is not some science fiction scenario of the future. No siree, I'm here to tell you folks, it's present day reality with today's technology, a technology called RFID. And maybe it's just me, and I think maybe after this study you're going to come to the same conclusion, at least I have, and I really think that this technology is leaning towards the development of what the Bible calls the mark of the beast. Don't believe me? Let's take a look at this video and you tell me yourself. Let's take a look.
0: There is a sensor revolution underway that will soon change the way we interact with the physical world. Sensors are becoming dramatically smaller, vastly cheaper, and can be wirelessly connected, which means they will be scattered throughout the environment or on any object. What we're trying to do is show that there are a lot of small... Uh, entrepreneurial efforts in the country that could make an enormous contribution to the war on terror. Let me give you an example. These are a pair of glasses so that if you were a customer coming to a counter at the airlines and you had a preferred card, they could pass that card through. The person wearing this would get a message back within five seconds that you were who you say you are on that card. There's a visual identification. Kindly tell me what you're doing in the road.
3: I'm with the help desk. You're lost. You're headed to Fresno.
0: Fresno, right.
3: This is the road to Albuquerque.
0: How'd you know we were lost?
3: The boxes told me.
0: The boxes?
3: RFID radio tags on the cargo. This system, unlike the barcode where you have the same number on every can of Coke. This system would actually create unique individual numbers for every single item manufactured on the planet. Um, That has some pretty serious implications for consumer privacy.
0: Law enforcement could leverage smart license plates to identify stolen cars more quickly and find drivers instantly for traffic violations. Users can also check the status of their car, location, speed, and other performance factors through instant messaging applications or SMS phones. These features are particularly useful to rental agencies or parents of teenage children who are using the car. The Ultra ID Center is uh, three years old now. We're a research
4: project at uh, MIT. Our mission is very simple, we want to create a single global technology that will enable computers to identify any object, anywhere, automatically, to sense the real world on their own for the first time in history.
3: Captain Dogs are way ahead of us in the game of chips. For years, a computer chip has been available to help identify Fluffy or Fido if they're lost and found. Now it's our turn.
0: Okay. That's it. So how did it go? It's a piece of cake. So there's virtually no pain.
3: And Nate can't wait to be
5: chipped. I'm ready. And you, I know you're ready. i <laughs> you ready? Yeah. I'm looking for this piece of
2: mine. Whoa. Now, folks, I don't know about you, but according to that video, this tracking device called RFID is not only apparently, as you just saw. Not just apparently designed to be put on the outside of things, but on the inside of things. And what did you just see? The inside of people, right? Gee whiz, this is crazy. But that's not the half of it, folks. Did you notice the reaction of the people? Talk about crazy there. They were what? <laughs> were actually excited. They were just incredibly excited about uh, receiving this implant into the bodies, right? I mean, can you imagine that? People actually behaving like that? Well, that's right, folks. For the discerning Christian, it should not be a surprise. Why? Hey, thanks for asking, Valerie. You're on the ball. Because, folks, the Bible informed us a long time ago that there would one day really come on the planet a device that could monitor and control people over the planet. And not only that, but specifically the people of that time would be excited and willing participants to have this device implanted into their bodies, just like you and I just saw. We are living in those days, and in case you're wondering, this device is what the Bible calls the mark of the beast. But don't take my word for it. Let's listen to God. Open your Bibles to uh, Revelation chapter 13. Revelation chapter 13, if you find uh, the dictionary, what do you do? Hey, that's right. Sandy, you're on the ball. That's right. You hang a left. That's right. Revelation chapter 13. We're going to read the account here, of course, of the rise of the false prophet. This is during the tribulation time. Jesus and his second coming doesn't come until the end of the tribulation. So the false prophet, he's going to arise and he's going to, uh, do some things on behalf of the beast, the Antichrist. And notice what he gets to do. Not just setting up an image so people worship and if you don't do that, you die. Minor issue. Yes, I'm being sarcastic. But he, he sets up a device. To do something very incredible. And you tell me, folks, if this isn't happening before our very eyes. Revelation, chapter 13. Let's read verses 11 through 17. Here's what it says. Then I saw another beast coming up out of the earth, the false prophet, who had two horns like a, a lamb. But he spoke like a dragon. He exercised all the authority uh, on behalf of the first beast on his behalf. And made the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast, whose fatal wound had been healed. And he performed great and miraculous signs Even causing fire to come down from heaven to earth In full view of men And because of these signs He was given power to do On behalf of the first beast He deceived the inhabitants of the earth It's a planetary thing folks He ordered them to set up uh, an image In honor of the beast Who was wounded by the sword and yet lived He was given power To give breath to the image of the first beast (coughs) So that it could speak And cause all who refused to worship the image To what? To be killed. Get this, here's the point. He also forced, the second thing, forced everyone, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on his right hand or on his forehead, literally in, so that no one could buy or sell unless he had the mark which is the name of the beast, the Antichrist, or the number of his name. Now, folks, hello, right there, according to our text, I think it's pretty clear. The Bible says that in the last days, prior to Jesus Christ's return, that a false prophet would arise on the planet and deceive the whole world, not just in worshiping the Antichrist, but also the secondary thing was what? He would deceive them into receiving some sort of mark in their bodies, specifically in the right hand or the forehead, as a sign of their devotion or worship, right? But that's not all. What did it say? This specifically, talk about specifics. This mark had the ability to literally control whether or not somebody could buy or sell something on the whole planet, right? Isn't that amazing? But not only that, folks, well, if that wasn't bad enough, what did it say would happen to those if you refused to take this mark? It said, obviously, you would not only be shut out of the world's economic system, you couldn't buy or sell, and then, therefore, hello, you would starve to death, but what did it say? Unless you worshipped the Antichrist, unless you took this mark, that you would be put to death, right? You wouldn't starve to death, you would be put to death. But come on, here's the point. Could this really happen? And plus, put yourself in the Apostle John's shoes, who's writing Revelation, inspired by God, the Holy Spirit, okay, to pin this down for us, nearly 2,000 years ago. Imagine from his point of view. I mean, how could one guy, one guy, appear and control and monitor everything on the planet, okay? How could he pull that off? I mean, surely this is something that's still way off in the far future, right? (laughs) Are you kidding, people? I'm here to tell you that this ability for one person to control and monitor the whole planet is not reserved for some far-off future. I'm here to tell you it's right here today before our very eyes, and it's in something, a new technology on this thing called RFID. RFID. And therefore, the question I have for you this morning today is this, folks. What in the world is RFID? Is it really man's greatest invention? Or, people, are we seeing before our very eyes today the development of the Mark of the Beast? Well, hey, great question. You guys are on the ball. I can just step over here and you guys can start preaching. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, so we're going to take a look at three things to answer that question. What is RFID? Is it really man's greatest invention, as the proponents of it are saying? Or is it preparing the Mark of the Beast? And we're going to take a look at three things. And the first thing we're going to look at is the definite concern. <clears throat> excuse me, of RFID. There is a definite concern. What in the world is this technology and why should we be concerned about it? Hey, thanks for asking. But that's going to lead us to the second part and that's the dangerous uh, deployment of RFID. Um, what do they plan on doing this? Not yet. What are they doing with it right now? And most people still have no idea uh, of it uh, at all. But then finally, of course, we're going to take a look at the third thing, the dark future of RFID. And specifically, are they really developing this to start implanting people to monitor and control literally down to what we can buy or sell? Uh Uh-huh. But we'll take a look at that towards the tail end of our series. So as you guys can see, hello, there's no time to waste. Let's get started, okay? The first thing we need to do, if we're going to answer this question, if RFID, if it's man's greatest invention, or if it is, in fact, leading to the mark of the beast, is we need to look at the definite concern. The definite concern. Let's take a look, folks, at the definite concern. And the first definite concern I have is what in the world this technology can do. Okay, let's take a look at what this thing is, because half of you probably watching this, you still have no stinking idea what in the world RFID is, even though it's going to change the planet before our very eyes. Let's take a look, folks, at what is RFID and what it can do. Well, first of all, let's take a look at the definition. First of all, RFID stands for Radio Frequency Identification, and it's a new technology out that uses tiny microchips on or in things called RFID tags to store information about things as well as track them from a distance. And it's able to do this to track them because it uses radio waves to communicate this information over distances to some sort of a computer device. And since an RFID tag uses radio waves to beam its information, it also means that, just like a normal radio wave, folks, it can do so and beam this information right through wood, windows, walls, wallets, purses, clothing, backpacks, anything. I even heard some of it that they can even do it through bricks. Okay, so how does it do that? Thanks for asking. Whitey, you're just incredible today. That's right. Well, again, folks, just like radio waves uh, have an antenna to broadcast, right? We all know it's very similar, uh, a familiar technology. So does the RFID tag. These antenna are made up of a tiny, flat metallic coil that looks kind of like a miniature maze or a tiny racetrack. You see a picture right there. And it's through these antenna that RFID tags either beam their information or uh, to or have it retrieved by a device called a reader. Well, what in the world is a reader? Well, thanks for asking. That's our next slide there, as you guys can see. This reader, or scanner, is simply what it is. It's simply a device that scans or picks up the information off the RFID tag. And it can be likened to simply, it's really simple to understand, folks, really, to a radio in your home or in your car that picks up the radio waves through the air, even though you don't see them, right, from a music station, and that enables you to listen to the music that's being played and broadcast, right? Okay, it's the same thing. In the case of the RFID tag, this reader, okay, also receives broadcasted radio waves, but not from a music station, but from the broadcasted information that is stored on the RFID tag. And this information can include uh, such things as the location of a person or item, specifics of an item such as price, color, uh, date of purchase, environment conditions, temperature, or even bodily functions just to name a few wait till we get to the medical usage of these tags it's going to freak you out and it's after receiving this information from the RFID tag that the reader then sends it on to a computer or some computing device for processing in fact these readers okay to read these tags come in a wide variety of sizes okay with some of them they can be like you can see on the top picture there mounted stationary beside a conveyor belt or in a factory or in the dock doors of a warehouse or the entry doors into a business or something or they can even be made portable as you see in the bottom there with the handheld device. Okay? So, what about the tags themselves? Thanks for asking. Once again, you guys are on the ball. You must be reading my notes. Just as the RFID readers come in different sizes and serve different functions, so do the RFID tags. Some tags are what's called an active tag, meaning that it has its own battery source that gives it the active power to beam its information to a reader over long distances. But other tags are called passive, meaning they don't have a battery inside of them and are hence passive in that they require energy from the reader to get its information off of it. And it's these active or passive differences in the tags, here's the whole point, that determine what's called the read range or the distance the tag can information, okay? For instance, the read range of a passive tag, the one without the battery, can be anywhere from only a few inches or up to even 20 to 30 feet away. That's all the closer you have to be to get the information off the tag. However, an active tag, the one with the battery, can send a signal, some of them, up to a mile or more away, and in some cases can even transmit their information all the way to low-orbiting satellites. Whoa! But that's not all. Let's take a look at the sizes, folks. Believe it or not, one of the most amazing attributes of RFID tags, it's not just the storing of information and being able to beam it to a distance. It's in their tiny size as well. For instance, one of the smallest tags made by Hitachi is called the Chip. That's, isn't that cool? You notice it's not the chicken chip, it's the moo chip. Whatever, wrong spelling. In you. Moo chip. And it's only half the size of a single grain of sand. You can see the picture of that self. No, that's not a dust mite. That's not the guy trying to clean his house. That's the little chip there on his finger. That's all the bigger it is. And that thing can monitor you? Uh huh. And things all over the planet. In fact, folks, here's a video clip showing just how small and just how fast they can produce these tiny little monitoring devices. Called RFID. Let's take a look. It's from a group, I, no pun intended. It's called Alien Technology. Let's take a look.
6: Welcome to Alien Technology Center for the development and exploitation of fluidic self-assembly.
7: In here are thousands of 350 micron in size nanoblocks. These nanoblocks are the approximate size of the nanoblocks that we're designing for RFID applications. What you're looking at here is serial number one of the world's first fluidic self-assembly machine. This machine has the ability to assemble two million nanoblocks per hour. This 55,000 square foot facility, when fully facilitated, which will only take another two or three years, will be capable of producing 80 billion RFID per year. We worked very closely with our partners, like UPM RafSec, to figure out exactly what we could really do. And at about 10 billion tags per year, that's sufficient volume to be able to drive the cost of the tag down to about a nickel.
4: Today, transponders are produced at a rate of thousands or tens of thousands per hour. We need to move to a level where we're producing or capable of producing millions and millions per hour. We're investing large amounts of money right now to develop the processes and the technologies which will enable us to meet the requirements of the Auto-ID vision and the vision of the consumer products companies. It will take a little time, but we're certain that we will hit our goals.
2: Whoa. I bet you they hit their goal but not only that folks I don't know about you but those things are not only tiny as you just saw but man can they crank those things out or what? 80 billion a year is their goal. And as you're going to see later, it's going to be a whole lot more than that because they really want to cover the whole planet with these things. I'm not making this up. You will hear it for yourself. But that's not all, folks. Because of the tiny size of RFID tags, they can not only be placed on the outside of an object, but on the inside, totally out of sight, absolutely hard to detect. In fact, RFID tags are generally maintenance-free but last almost indefinitely and are resistant to harsh conditions like dirt or dust or moisture and are able to withstand corrosive chemicals such is acid and survive, get this, temperatures up to 400 degrees Fahrenheit and more. But that's still all, folks. Let's take a look at the uses of RFID tags. Pay attention, folks, believe it or not, with its unique abilities to store and or receive information and beam it over distances, okay, and be so tiny that companies are literally, I'm not making this up, literally planning on placing RFID tags on all products worldwide. To provide an instant and continuous monitoring of product location, tracking of inventory, and management of the entire global consumer supply chain. Don't believe me? Let's take a look, folks, at this next video clip from these companies showing the supposed incredible power, monitoring power, of RFID tags. And you tell me if they don't have plans to take this thing global on every product. You'll hear it for yourself. Let's look.
5: The time factor plays a key role in the process of getting a product from its manufacturer to its point of sale because time is money. RFID, Radio Frequency Identification, is a new technology that significantly increases the efficiency of this process chain. With RFID, Data are transferred without physical contact. In addition, RFID helps positively identify shipping units. In an instant, valuable information is recorded and utilized on an international scale. This example demonstrates how it functions in practice. The process chain begins with production and continues by way of a central warehouse onto the retailer. In the manufacturer's warehouse, goods are prepared for distribution to retailers. Without RFID, order picking of mixed pallets for delivery to department stores or supermarkets can be extremely time consuming. Why? Because it requires a whole series of individual steps, most of them manual. In future, processes that now have to be carried out by hand will function automatically based on RFID. The key is the RFID transponder, which can be affixed to boxes and pallets as early as the production stage. Communication between transponders and RFID readers is fully automatic. They practically do the work by themselves. Readers installed at various points in the sorting and order picking process register the electronic product codes stored on the transponders the moment they come into range. The fully automated reader registers the relevant information as goods enter the gate. The data are transferred directly to the merchandise management system. A single reader is capable of registering up to 40 RFID transponders in one second. This can mean time savings of 10 minutes for each truck, a major plus in cost-effectiveness, because the merchandise reaches its destination much faster, and both manpower and means of transport are utilized more efficiently. In the warehouse, forklifts and high shelves will be equipped with RFID technology, which will automatically indicate to the operator the storage position of each product. When the employee sorts the goods into the correct place, confirmation is given via touchscreen monitor. If he or she selects the wrong place for the product, an error is indicated. This way, RFID helps ensure that the goods are always in the right places and taking inventory is as simple as pushing a button. RFID tags indicate where each product belongs. This enables the hangar goods sorter, for example, to transport the merchandise to its intended destination. The faster the goods leave the warehouse, the more efficient the process. RFID allows trade and industry companies to track goods, the path they take, and their location at any given time throughout the supply chain, from anywhere in the world.
2: Whoa. Not at all, maybe it's just me. But I think I just heard the guy say, from anywhere in the world. How about you? But that's right, folks. That's all. Let's continue with the uses. Believe it or not, folks, using RFID tags to track the entire supply chain around the entire world. It's just the tip of the iceberg. With this unique ability to store and or receive information that can then be beamed over distances, RFID tags can and are already being used for hundreds if not thousands of applications, such as, these are the current usages, folks, whether you realize it or not, as preventing theft of automobiles, collecting tolls without stopping, managing traffic, gaining entrance into buildings, automated parking, controlling access to getting communities, corporate campuses, and dispensing goods, providing ski-less access, tracking library books, buying hamburgers, and even automated instant store checkouts, replacing the need for a cashier just to name a few. But that's still in all, folks. Let's take a look. Here's the concern. The difference of the RFID tags. Pay attention to this, folks. It's obvious to anyone, if you've been paying attention thus far to what you've seen, and we're just at the tip of the iceberg, folks, that these amazing global tracking abilities of RFID tags make them drastically different than today's barcodes. Yes! This is what many in the industry are still saying. This is a common mantra to qualm the fears of the public. They continually say that RFID tech, come on, they're really a souped-up version of the barcode system. There's nothing to worry about, right? Oh, by the way, notice the picture there? I love that. But anyway, really? Nothing to worry about? Well, folks, anyone, hello, who does their homework can see that RFID tags differ greatly from today's barcodes. First of all, the codes stored on the RFID tags are long enough that every single RFID tag has its own unique serial number, while the current barcodes are limited to a single code for all. For instance, let me give you an example. With today's barcodes, every can of Coke has the same barcode number as every other can of Coke. Therefore, a can of Coke in Sacramento has the same number as a can of Coke in Saudi Arabia, okay? But with RFID, folks, each individual can of Coke would have its own individual unique ID number, which can then be linked to the person buying it when they use their credit uh, or debit or frequent shopper card. And not only that, because of its tracking ability, here's the point, tracking ability, this individual ID number on the individual product that's now tied to the individual person. Buying it can now be tracked as it moves with the person from location to location, meaning you can track that person. Secondly, unlike the barcode, as we saw before, these RFID tags can only be embedded and hidden in things, but they have no need of, for line of sight like the barcode. You know, you've got to be right in front of that thing, and it's got to be nice and smooth it can't be scratched. They don't have a need for that with RFID because they use the radio waves, okay? For instance, RFID tags can be read not only from a distance, but right through your clothes, your wallet, whatever. In fact, whole areas can be scanned for RFID tags, including the people who are wearing or carrying them, whether they realize it or not. And keep in mind, this can all be done what? Without your knowledge and without your consent. And it can be done by anybody, folks, with the right kind of reader device, giving them a kind of x-ray vision to spy on you, how? By the things you're wearing and carrying through the tags, and as we shall see, to track you wherever you go. And folks, I don't know about you, maybe it's just me, but that's not at all like today's barcodes, how about you? Uh Uh-huh. But you might be thinking, come on. Come on, man, they never use RFID tags on stuff to to monitor and track us. I mean, that's, that's crazy, right? Well, folks, don't listen to me. Listen today for yourself in this next video clip. You tell me if they're not planning on not just tracking products, but people who have those products or touch them. Watch this with your own eyes.
0: Lost, stolen, or misplaced equipment and inventory is an expensive problem for many organizations today. Accenture Technology Labs developed the Perceptive Monitoring Prototype to show how a number of sensing technologies can work together to make facilities themselves smart and enable businesses to better track valuable assets.
6: Many companies today are exploring how radio frequency identification, or RFID tags, can be used to improve a variety of business functions. We believe, as sensors and tags become cheaper, pilot commerce applications will evolve to employ many types of sensors in addition to RFID, just as humans use sight and hearing together to understand the environment around them. Accenture developed a perceptive monitoring prototype to show how an integrated set of sensors can be used to achieve an accurate and intelligent tracking system.
0: Accenture designed perceptive monitoring to track assets at one of their R&D labs. Say someone needs to use a particular piece of technology for a workshop. Perceptive monitoring records who is taking the item by reading the information encoded on his employee badge. Sensors located on the cabinet record exactly what item is being removed and when. A camera and face recognition software also record the event. This is particularly useful since employees don't always wear their identification badges. A microphone notes any conversations taking place during the item's removal. The prototype captures all this information and summarizes it in an easy-to-use report. When someone needs to locate a piece of equipment, perceptive monitoring indicates that it was borrowed earlier today. If the borrower was not wearing an identification badge, the image allows you to see who removed the item from the cabinet. Imagine the benefits perceptive monitoring could bring to a hospital environment where equipment is borrowed and moved around continuously. Face recognition software could help to determine if hospital employees are following proper procedures. Similar advantages could be realized in plant and warehouse facilities to track the location of costly, specialized assets and how often they're being used. High-end retailers could track the location of expensive inventory and ensure proper procedures are followed when items are removed from their cases.
6: Accenture's perceptive monitoring prototype demonstrates how companies can make significant savings by using multiple sensing technologies to better manage inventory, locate lost items, or even eliminate the need to replace them. This prototype is part of Accenture's vision of the future, in which virtual and real worlds cooperate, allowing people to optimize physical assets as never before. At Accenture, we call this Reality Online.
2: Reality online? I don't know about you guys, but I call that the reality of being tracked. And what they call that? Perceptive monitoring? Excuse me, I call that person monitoring. Hello. And see, folks, it does appear to me that companies really are planning on using RFID to not just track products, but people as well. You saw it for yourself. It all ties together, folks. And remember, here's the point. Because RFID tags are so tiny, they can be hidden and sewn into seams of clothes, sandwiched between layers of cardboard, molded into plastic or rubber, even in your shoes, and we'll get to that later, and integrated into consumer packaging, making it extremely hard to even find them, if you even knew they were there. How, can, how do you know where they're at? You don't, that's the problem. In fact, this technology is evolving so fast, folks, and it's become so sophisticated that right now, RFID tags can be even printed. And meaning that the dot on a printed letter I can be used to track you. Can you believe that? The dot on a printed letter I could be the actual RFID tag there tracking you. And you have no idea. But that's not all, folks. Therefore, as you can see, folks, it could very well soon be next to nearly impossible to know whether or not a product or package contains an our tag and thus whether or not we're actually being trusted. But that's not all, folks. Let's take a look at the history of the tags, okay? Here's the point. Even though RFID tags are still relatively new to most people, and some of you watching or listening to this, this is blowing you away. You've never even heard this before. The technology of RFID, though, it's not new, okay? It's roots stem as far back as World War II and the development of radar. And from there, during the 50s and 60s, lots of experiments were done with RFID. But the explosion of applications began to take off in the 70s and 80s, okay? It was here that RFID technology found its way into electronic identification systems, factory automation, and what? Animal tracking. They'd never do that with people, would they? Hey, why he stop being sarcastic? Yes, animal tracking systems, to name just a few. But it wasn't until the 90s, folks, that RFID tags truly began to take off with their usage in electronic toll collections. This is what really got it going popular, such as EasyPass, where vehicles equipped with an RFID tag could pass through a toll collection at highway speeds, unimpeded by a toll plaza or barriers, and have the fee automatically deducted from their account. Then RFID became even more popular when the auto industry began to use it in car keys to control engine starting or vehicle access. Many of you guys already have that today. It's utilizing RFID technology. Then various financial institutions, they picked up on RFID and embedded it into cards and other things like little key fobs and other things like that to automate the purchase of gas or other items. We'll get into that later, specifically how it ties into the buy or sell. Ooh, where have I heard that before? Hey, that's right, revelation. And today, what's helping fuel this mad dash usage of RFID in all things, all over the globe, is not only the planned usage, folks, from some of the biggest retailers and industries around the world, but specifically what's helping fuel it are the mandates from Walmart right now, from Walmart and the United States Department of Defense, requiring that all their suppliers are to have RFID tags on all their shipments right now. Okay, And since there are hundreds of suppliers come from all over the world, these mandates for RFID tags are having a global effect. In fact, Walmart recently said that they are on track to have this technology, RFID, at 13 distribution centers and up to 600 stores by October 2005. Oh, wait a second. That's already passed, hasn't it? How many guys knew that? Uh huh. And more than 1,000 stores and clubs and distribution centers are using RFID tags by the end of this year, 2006. And speaking of global effects, folks, RFID technology has grown so much so fast that there's an actual organization called EPC Global that really is determining, hence global, determining the international standards for the use of RFID in the identification, get this, of any and every item in the entire supply chain, anywhere, at any time, in the whole wide world. And not so surprisingly, folks, the board, the people behind who are funding EPC Global includes representatives from Gillette, Procter and Gamble, Walmart, Hewlett Packard, Johnson Johnson, Checkpoint Systems, Auto ID Labs, just to name a few. A bunch of government institutions as well. As we shall see, folks, these and many other huge corporations and government agencies are actually envisioning a day. I'm not making this up. You're going to see it from their own list here in a second. When every day, this is what their vision is. When, when one day, every single item, product, 10% and percent on the face of the planet is being tracked with RFID. But you might say, hey, come on, man. <laughs> you really got off the edge, man. I'm telling you, somebody must have ate, was eating chicken and they got too close to the fumes got all over you or something. You're all messed up, right? Wrong, folks. This is serious. These people really are serious about identifying and tracking any and every uh, item on the globe. They really are, okay? I mean, I know it's got to be the craziest thing I've ever heard is what you're saying, okay? But don't listen to me, folks. Crazy or not, listen to these people for yourself. In this next video clip, straight from the horse's mouth, you tell me that they're not planning on tracking everything on the globe. Let's take a look. It's
4: very, very exciting to take something that was apparently impossible and make it possible. What I find extremely exciting about this is that it's a revolution which comes very silently. Our goal is to connect computers to the real physical world, to the mechanical world. The fundamental capability of having your, your machines sense the world around them opens the door on a whole new world of possibilities the end game of the
6: auto id center is to have one common set of standards that are based on end user needs that can be applied ubiquitously around the world
0: the key contribution of the mit auto id center is the realization that everything can be labeled with tolerably small amounts of data on the label
4: it's the beginning of a new journey the journey to understand what comes next after the barcode.
0: The electronic
7: product code is a numbering system. It's kind of like an internet uh, protocol IP address on your computer, except that here we're trying to number not just computers but inanimate objects.
0: Something like p and Unleave, they sell products in Asia, in Europe, in America, South America. So for them, it's really important that there is one single system that they can use everywhere in the world.
4: For me, I'm excited because we might be fundamentally changing the way in which not only manufacturing today operates, but we might we might actually be redefining the entire manufacturing supply chain, full stop. It's like suddenly something new is possible in the world, and that's very very exciting. As is bringing together all these diverse companies and having them work together as a team.
5: As a world market leader for Silicon Solution RFID, Philips would like to be part of creating a new market for billions of chips in the retail supply chain. There are many
0: technologies that have the opportunity to revolutionize the way you do business. This is one of them.
6: Basically, what we are working on is in developing RFID applications. In particular, this is a smart shelf, which primarily is used for real-time inventory and out-of-stock prediction. And at the same time, it also predicts when somebody is trying to steal something from the shelf. Each one of these packets have a unique tag on them. So I'm going to take three products off the shelf. And if I actually see a alert, what you're seeing is actually it is taking a picture of me as I'm stealing the blades off the shelf. The system is watching me.
1: We are very excited about the potential that this technology is going to have for us as we look over this deployment. This
7: technology
1: is no longer in the discussion stage or the far out stage. This is something that will be happening and will be happening in the relatively near future.
7: This is not a question of if, this is a question of when. This will replace the barcode. There's no doubt in our mind,
1: Auto ID will become a reality, and probably faster than what anyone really believes. So we are absolutely committed to getting involved with the Auto-ID lab and the process and the technology now.
4: Automatic identification for business is very powerful. It is a sense more powerful than sight. Um, real time, all the time, always on, always accurate. It's a big dream to think that there will be an IFID reader on every shelf of the, of the universe or oh, this world has done this. The AutoID center is Uh, three years old now, we're a research project at uh, MIT. Our mission is very simple, we want to create a single global technology that will enable computers to identify any object, anywhere, automatically. To sense the real world on their own for the first time in history. This is not a small thing. This is as significant a technology as certainly the internet, possibly the invention of the computer itself.
2: Now folks, I don't know about you, but it really does appear to me what I've seen thus far, and hopefully you if you're paying attention, that this new technology called RFID really not only has the ability to monitor and control products all over the world, but as we've just seen to monitor and control people and track them who are carrying those products all over the world, right? But that's not all folks, unless you think this is again some sort of wacky conspiracy theory, okay? You just saw, you just heard for yourself, okay? That's precisely what these corporations are trying and planning on doing, right? They're gonna track everything on the globe. You just heard from yourself, from several of them. And maybe it's just me folks, but I'm kinda thinking that's something to be just a little bit concerned about. How about you? But that's not all, folks, that brings us to the second definite concern of RFID, not just what this technology can do. (laughs) What we're seeing in the beginning of it, folks, you're starting to hopefully track along with me, the second concern is what these corporations will do with this technology. But here's the problem, folks, the moment you try to confront the industry with your definite concerns about this new technology, that they will be using, you heard them say it, folks, this will be happening in the very near future, a lot sooner than people think. You heard it from your straight from the horse's mouth. But every time you try to do that, they come back with these onslaughts of excuses. They say, come on. There's nothing to worry about. These people who are saying there's dangers in, in, in RFID, they're just alarmists. There's nothing to be afraid about. Nothing to be concerned, right? Really? Well, folks, I don't know about you. Let's take a look at the excuses they're giving, the rationales, why we don't need to be afraid. And you tell me if there's nothing at all to be concerned about. When you hear for yourself, from their mouth, what these corporations are planning to do with this technology. We've been on a journey in looking at three things uh, to answer that question. And the first one was, that, hello, the definite concern of RFID. And the first definite concern we had with it, hello, was what in the world this technology can do. There's some serious concern with that. And if you were tracking with us, we saw, hello, a couple things about uh, RFID. We saw, of course, the definition of RFID, the readers of RFID, the types and sizes of RFID, the uses and differences. Hello, it is nothing at all like they're saying, uh, like the book barcode. It is totally different. And finally, we saw the history of RFID, and we began to see, hello, this has been around for quite some time, but not only that, it's really starting to take off, and it's going to change the planet, and hardly anybody knows what it is. And it was based on that information. We just took a look at the facts, folks, is that it was clear that this new technology called RFID not only has the ability to monitor and control the products all over the world, but what? We saw it really has the ability to monitor and control the people who buy those products all over the world, right? And folks, I don't know about you, we saw there, this wasn't some sort of wacky conspiracy theory, right? Hello, you saw, you heard it from yourself, the actual clips, the actual words from the corporations themselves, that this really is what they are planning on doing right now. And I don't know about you, but I'm kind of thinking that's a little bit of a definite concern. How about you? Hey, that's right. You guys are on the ball. You guys, uh, you're just incredible. That's right. But that's right. You know me too well. I'm still going, so there's got to be more. And there is. This brings us to the second definite concern about this uh, RFID technology. And not just what this technology can do, but more importantly, what these corporations will do we saw last time, the problem is this. The moment you try to confront the industry who's wanting to push this RFID about your concerns over it, what they usually do is they come back with these lame excuses as to why, Hey, man, there's nothing to fear. There's no need to be afraid. It's not as bad as these uh, advocates and these alarmists are trying to make it, okay? Don't worry about it. Really? Folks, this is what we're going to do on this video. We're going to take a look at their excuses. One, you tell me if they're not lame, okay? A series on the lame there, Lamosaurus Rex, okay? But two, you tell me if in fact there really is nothing to be concerned about of what these corporations plan on doing. Let's take a look at what they plan on doing. And hell, the first lame excuse, folks, is they say this. Hey, hey, don't worry. People can't get that close to scan the tags. Don't worry about it. And folks, let's take a look at that uh, lame excuse. This one, folks, seems to be one of the most often repeated mantra of the industry trying to explain away our concerns over RFID. They repeatedly say something like this. Hey, don't worry. We're just using the short-range passive tags and hey, man, they're It's unrealistic to think that people are going to get scanned wherever they go because you'd have to be extremely close to do so. Really? Well, first of all, folks, yes, as we saw last time, passive tags, or those without a battery, do have a shorter read range than the battery-powered active tags. But as we saw earlier in the previous video, engineers are working right now overtime, big time, making much success in developing inexpensive batteries for the long-range active tags, meaning that their price is coming down fast. Hello! Therefore, since active tags are more desirable due to their long read-range abilities, this reduction in price can enable them to soon replace the currently inexpensive passive tags they're using, meaning you don't have to be close to them at all. Why? Because if you recall from last time, folks, some active tags have a read-range of a mile or more. Some can even transmit their information to low-orbiting satellites. Hello! And unless you're an extremely very tall person or you just make a habit of looking out in space, you don't have to be close. <laughs> Stop and think about it. second secondly, folks, even if the industry sticks with the short-range passive tag, okay, with only, and the, the passive one with only just a few inches, people get close to each other, think about it, in public places all the time that would enable them to scan others at will. For instance, folks, look at a picture. This happens all the time. People get close to each other in grocery lines, on the buses, the subway, movies, restaurants, sporting events, shopping, etc. And since we've already got a whole group of criminals who prey on getting close to you and I in order to steal something called what? Pickpockets. right? They're commonplace. Hey, it's not hard to imagine then how this common closeness could develop into a whole new technological breed of criminals. Today we got pickpockets, maybe tomorrow folks we're gonna have skin pockets, right? But again, finally, folks, even if the industry sticks with these short-range passive tags, not all passive tags have a small read range. As we saw in the last video, folks, they can have a range, yes, from just a few inches, okay? But you can still get close to people all the time. But they also got a range up to what? Up to 30 feet, giving people plenty of room to scan them from a distance. We can't get that close to be scanned? Folks, I don't think so. That's a lame excuse. But that's right. That's not the only one. The second lame excuse, in my personal opinion, that's right, uh, is people won't get uh, their own personal scanners, okay? People won't get their own personal scanners. Don't worry about it. Really? Really? Take a look at the facts. This is another common reply to the industry, in that scanners or readers for RFID tags, they're just way too expensive, and therefore only companies and businesses will be using them. So come on, public. There's no need to fear being scanned while you're out and about by the average Joe for invasive purposes, because scanners are not going to be that commonplace. They're way too expensive, right? Well, folks, let's take a look, okay? Well, yes, some scanners are still, at this time of this recording, quite expensive. But prices for scanners, just like the prices for the RFID tags, are dropping as fast as the conti- uh, technology continues to take a hold. But secondly, right now, folks, you don't have to wait for a reduction in price. Right now, companies already have produced low-cost RFID readers for the average person. For instance, check it out for yourself, folks. You can right now buy a computer program called RFDump Heavy on the dump there, that's right, which will allow anyone to read and what? Reprogram the data on the tag. That's a whole nother issue we don't have the time to get into. it. Not just read it, folks. You can change the information on that. How would you like that to happen if that was in your passport or some sort of identification card that we're going to see later that it's coming down the pike? Ooh, dangerous. Hey, but that's not all. Is this program, our dump, was developed by a guy named Lucas Grunwald. There he is right there in the picture, who said that, actually that's not him, that's a picture of him. But anyway, who said that consumers could use his program, get this, to detect RFID tags and protect themselves. Sounds great. Thanks, Lucas. The only problem was, as Lucas admitted, well, gee whiz, it also means that others could use it for uh, criminal purposes. Oops. But that's right, folks. Just in case you're one of those guys, you don't know how to install a computer program, right now you can get a, right now, folks, you can get a PC card that turns your PDA into an RFID scanner that sends the information to any Windows-based application. And just like the RFID, uh, RFID program, folks, this PDA scanner also has the ability not just to read, but to encode or put information on the tags. In fact, St. Clair Hospital in Pittsburgh has already been using the devices to enable their nurses to use their PDAs to scan patient RFID tests for identifying the patient or for the administration of medicine. Or that's right, maybe you're one of those folks who don't like carrying around a personal digital assistant all the time. I, I had to spell that out for those who are not hooked on acronyms, PDA, but anyway, that's right. Hey, that's right. Good news, folks. Now you can use your cell phone to read RFID tags. Right now, the world's largest cell phone provider, Nokia, has developed an RFID phone reader that enables you to scan RFID tags remotely and transmit the data via your cell phone. That's one of the models. It's called an accessory. You can buy it today. Which, by the way, folks, one of the envisioned purposes, they stated, is to use this phone to scan people and their belongings as they walk past on the street. How could you do that if the tags aren't still on it? Yeah, wait till we get to that lame excuse in a little bit. In fact, folks, it appears that many in the industry further envision a time when cell phones coupled with this kind of technology will become a kind of universal remote control as is seen and admitted in this following video clip. Let's take a look.
0: Imagine using your cell phone to buy a can of cola from a vending machine without making a call or using a mobile communications network. In a project called Bluetooth Mobile Service Link, Accenture has explored just such a scenario. From somewhere near the vending machine, it senses the phone's unique ID and pushes a menu to the screen. If the person's thirsty, he can simply choose from a list of drinks. Since the vending machine is connected to the Internet, the purchase can be charged directly to an account with a third-party payment provider, such as Qpass, which is then consolidated into a monthly bill. Now imagine having the same convenience when shopping for groceries or paying a fee at a parking lot. This is all possible as Bluetooth becomes widely available. Uh, Cell phones will
4: turn into universal remote controls.
2: What? What did you say there? That's right, cell phones will turn into universal remote controls. And we ain't seen the last of it, folks. Wait till we get to the uh, economic section of what they're going to do with uh, RFID and money. Wait till you get to that. But anyway, that's not all, folks. Uh, If a cell phone's just way too bulky for you, then right now you can even get a bracelet (laughs) that acts as an RFID reader. We get this, man. Researchers from MIT have developed a hands-free, eyes-free system that allows people to find information about what? RFID objects. This system, check it out for yourself, is called Reach Media and it consists of a bracelet that reads RFID tags in the object a person is holding. It also uses a cell phone to connect to the internet and play sounds when the objects are recognized as well as provides audio information about the object in hand, all from the tag. But that's right, for those of you who you've got a lot to scan in a short amount of time, that's right, we're here to help you out, at least this company is. A South African company has recently come out with what's being called RFID radar. Get this, man. This reader has the ability to scan a whole area, just like a radar, and detect both active and passive RFID tags simultaneously. And because it acts like a radar, this device can scan both kinds of tags from a whole crowd of people, allowing them to locate objects quickly and accurately. And what makes this reader double unique, folks, is as we saw earlier in previous readers, the read range of passive tags, yes, can be as low as a few inches, but up to 30 feet, okay? But get this, because this has got a powerful uh, device, okay, that sends out a bigger frequency, a stronger uh, power to pick up the tag, this device can scan Current passive tags, over tens of feet, get this, and will soon reach over the 300-foot range with what? The passive tag. The ones they say, don't worry, you've got to get so close. <laughs> oh, and by the way, their goal is to have, you can check it out for yourself, from the company, their goal is to have the cost of this RFID reader, reader as low as what? $100. What? And people won't be getting scanners, and so don't worry about it. Are you kidding? You can get them today, folks. But that's all. The third lame excuse uh, is that this. Hey, man, people, don't worry about it. If you're concerned, we'll just have the information encrypted. You know what I'm saying? Well, let's take a look at it, folks. This is yet another popular comeback in the industry to qualm our fears over our And they say something like this. Okay, okay, okay. So even if a person can scan another person, they get their hands on a scanner, okay? Uh, uh, don't worry. The information on the tag is going to be encrypted to ensure your privacy. Really? Well, again, let's take a look at the facts. First of all, since RFID is a radio frequency device, then it follows. It's simple, folks. Its radio frequency can be disrupted just like any other radio wave signal, right? For instance, here's, here's what happened. In 2004, Elgin Air Force Base in Florida began testing its new mobile radio system using radio waves, uh, akin to the technology of the RFID. And the only problem was that in doing so, they accidentally jammed the garage doors in several communities operating on the same radio frequency. And as a result, homeowners living near Elgin found themselves locked out, inconvenienced, and puzzled when suddenly the garage door openers went haywire, forcing them to open them manually until the situation was resolved. But RFID tags, folks, can all be disrupted in theory, okay, as we just saw, that could happen, the point. Here's the point, folks. They've already had their encryption broken in reality. Pay attention. This was demonstrated by a, a team of graduate students at John Hopkins University in early of last year, 2005. They successfully cracked the encryption code used on what? RFID enabled car keys that are supposed to only allow the person with the RFID key to start their car. Get this. The student said, here's what the direct quote, all that will be required to steal a car with this RFID car key is supposed to be encrypted and secure is a moment next to the car owner, scan it off, to extract the data from the key, less than an hour of computing, a few minutes to break in and feed the a key code to the car and to hotwire. That's it! Piece of cake, according to them. And by the way, this is the same RFID system that's being used right now by Ford, Nissan, and Toyota in their millions of vehicles. And the John Hopkins researchers say that if other radio frequency ID systems are just as vulnerable as this, then, quote, the new field could offer far less security than its uh, proponent's promise. What? It's going to be encrypted, don't worry, nobody can get it. Are you kidding me? That's a lame excuse. But that's right, that's not the only one. The fourth lame excuse is, hey, 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 don't worry then, okay? People will have the tags disarmed, okay? That's a really big one uh, uh, today, folks. One of the biggest comebacks from the industry to qualm our uh, privacy fears over these tags, folks, is this statement. Hey, all right, fine then don't worry. We can always have the tags disarmed after you purchase the products with the tags on them, okay? So just so chill out, okay? You, you guys probably heard that before. But that's right, folks. Based on their current suspicious behavior, life's got to wonder if they really would turn that tag off in the first place. In fact, folks, it appears that in many cases... They're not. Are you kidding? As can be seen in this next video clip from a CNN interview. Let's take a look.
7: And What about the idea that people can have the the tags neutralized on the way out of the store if they choose?
3: Um, As far as turning off the tags, the concern that we have is that already these items, items equipped with these devices, are being sold in stores today. Uh, There have been numerous trials around the country and, indeed, around the world where, without consumers' knowledge, they have picked up items equipped with these tags, which we call spy tags, and have actually been surveilled through hidden cameras in the stores, tracked as they moved around with these items, photographed as they picked the items up and then took the items home live without the tags being killed. So our concern here is that, there, to our knowledge, there have been no trials of, of all of the many items that have been sold with RFID where the tags have actually been turned off at the point of checkout. So while it makes a nice story, it's not happening in reality. The other thing we're concerned about is that consumers are not being told when they're interacting with this technology that has a very serious risk for their privacy. There have been no labels on these trials. People are taking home things like Heidi's baby wipes, Pantene shampoo, Gillette razor blades, uh, caress soap, there's a whole variety of different products that have been equipped with these tags that people are buying and taking home, and they have really no way of knowing that they are tagged. What Benetton, the Italian clothing manufacturer, had proposed in March, which was they were actually going to be embedding these tags into the actual sewn-in label of women's clothing. Uh, that particular line was the of women's underwear, so they would be walking around with tracking devices sewn into their, their bra. Um, you know, that, that obviously is a terrible idea.
2: Yeah, terrible with a capital T. Hello. So, folks, I don't know about you guys, but based on the current behavior in the industry and leaving the RFID tags on right now, I'm kind of having a hard time believing they're really going to turn them off no matter what they say. You know what I'm saying? But that's right, folks, it's still not. Even if they do. Even if they do. Here's the point. This still doesn't address the fact that even if they did kill the tags after the point of purchase, okay, they admittedly use the tags to track you and I while we're in the store without our consent. And believe it or not, folks, one of the stated purposes from the industry of using RFID tags on products, is not just for inventory control. But to identify you and I by person, market us accordingly, including adjusting prices based on our income and spending habits. Wait till we get to the next one, folks. They're really doing that. Track and time our every movement while we're in the store. And in some cases, to videotape our path and behavior in response to the product displays to see how they're working. Don't believe me? Check it out, folks, for yourself in this next video clip. They admit it. They're so excited. To get this information off you and I and track us wherever we go in the store, listen to it straight from the horse's mouth yourself. Check it out.
0: Today, retailers are searching for better ways to gather and analyze data on customer behavior in their stores. Accenture Technology Labs has developed the visual tracking prototype to help retailers enhance store performance, employee productivity, and customer service. Visual
6: tracking uses a non-intrusive camera-based system to monitor an environment, and the people in it. It then brings this information online by creating a virtual copy of the real world. Now retailers can better analyze what is happening in their stores and make more competitive decisions.
0: Here's a look at how this works in practice. As customers enter a retail store, cameras track their movements and, without identifying individuals, bring customers' actions into a 2D or 3D environment. Through camera image processing, we can see if a customer takes a CD off the shelf and then returns it or how they react to an in-store promotion. This information is captured in the database so that visual tracking can later analyze customer statistics from a specific area of the store and even combine it with information about product movement gathered through RFID tags to gain insight into the behavior of a single shopper or group of shoppers. Accenture visual tracking can help retailers better understand customer traffic patterns. How store layouts can be improved to drive sales. How in-store advertising affects purchasing behavior. And how much time employees are spending with customers. This insight could be useful for retailers as well as product manufacturers.
2: Whoa. Can you believe that, folks? Oh, my goodness. Folks, I don't know about you, but looking at the facts and from a video from them themselves... It sure doesn't appear to me that the industry is interested in respecting a privacy. It appears they're more ripping us off on money. (laughs) How about you? But that's still not all, folks. Some RFID tags have what's called a dormant state that can be set to appear as if they've been deactivated, only to be later reactivated uh, at a different time, unbeknownst to us. And finally, folks, even if the tag was killed, the deactivation uh, process does nothing to the unique individual serial number on each of the tags, okay? And this number can not only still be linked with the product, but it can be still combined with database information, wait till the next series, wait, oh, that's a whopper. It can be combined with database information so as to link it back to the purchaser of the product. And by the way, folks, this unique serial number that does not get terminated can still be read up to five feet away. What? But that's right, folks, I'm not the only one who thinks the industry will either leave the RFID tags on and or figure out a way around this consumer scare, okay? The plans to do so are in their own words. Check it out, folks. For instance, MIT's AutoID Center, how about that for a logo? Identify any object anywhere automatically. That's right. Anyway, they said that theft will be drastically reduced because items will report when they are stolen, their smart tags also serving as a what? A homing device toward their exact location. Now, wait a second, how could they do that unless these tags were still somehow readable? But that's right, even more blunt is the IBM patent, uh, 2005-007, must have been a James 33417 states, quote, it is desirable to continue utilizing the RFID tag as a, a data transponder without destroying the tag or deleting its data memory after an item containing the tag has been purchased at the point of sale. Now, folks, you look at the facts, you look at their own words, it sounds to me somebody sure wants these tags on no matter what in the world they're saying to you and I, to the contrary. How about you? That sounds like a really lame excuse. We'll just, you know, turn the tags off. I think somebody's got some different plans. But that's not the only lame excuse. The fifth lame excuse is that promoters of RFID Hey. We can be trusted. Don't worry about it. That's right. Dumb and dumber. Pull your hair out and pull your ears out, too. Anyway, that's right, folks. It's as if what you've heard thus far was not bad enough. Many in the industry also come back with this unbelievable response. I mean, how naive do they expect us to be? They say, hey, don't worry. You can trust us. We're just using RFID to better serve you, the customer, and we only have your best interests at heart. All right? Uh, Again, folks, pay attention to that picture you can see there with the little tail coming up. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, well, first of all, let's take a look at the facts, folks. There's already been several unreliable occurrences with RFID tags, making them quite untrustworthy. For instance, it's already been demonstrated that errors can be made with the tags and the readers reading them. Here's an example. For instance, NCR Corporation has run RFID automated checkout pilots for supermarket scenarios in which shopping carts pass by an RFID reader to tally all the goods. Just, you know, in just a couple seconds, they can get all the goods, all right? Hey, sounds neat. Well, here's the problem. What they found out was that without due care, a shopper could, oops, actually end up paying for some of the groceries of the person behind them. (laughs) Hey, it works out great for them. And and not only is this RFID system not always 100% trustworthy, But apparently, folks, neither are the corporations who are implementing it. For instance, this dishonest behavior in using RFID technology was recently developed uh, and demonstrated by the Gillette Corporation. Get this. In its RFID pilot program, one of them, they conducted what was called a smart shelf test at a Tesco supermarket in Cambridge, England. And believe it or not, folks, they automatically and secretly photographed shoppers taking RFID-tagged Gillette razors off the shelf to see, of course, if it could be used to deter shoplifting. But that's nothing, folks. In another study, uncovered by the Chicago Sun-Times, shelves in a Walmart store in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, were equipped with readers not only to track the Max Factor Lipfinity lipstick containers – say that five times real fast, Whitey – stacked on them. Not just that, but they then watched the shoppers in action using webcams on the shelves and viewed their behavior 750 miles away by Procter & Gamble researchers in Cincinnati, Ohio, so they could tell when lipsticks were removed from the shell. And they did it over a four-month period without telling anybody. They're respecting that privacy? Mm-mm. This is that that wasn't bad enough, folks. In January 2004, a group of privacy... This is funny. A group of privacy advocates were invited to the Metro Future Store in Germany where an RFID pilot project was being implemented and they accidentally discovered... <laughs> accidentally discovered that the Metro Payback Customer Loyalty Cards, you know the cards you get in the grocery store they give you? Okay. Had RFID tags with the customer's ID in them. Totally unknown to the customer. <laughs> and the whole point of the getting together uh, uh, despite the assurance with Metro that were given these assurances that no customer identification data was being tracked and that all of their RFID usage was clearly being disclosed. <laughs> Oops. Talk about your sins finding your out. I guess they forgot to tell them about the cards. And speaking of dishonesty, folks, the industry, you talk some serious snake oil, is not only being sneaky with its public experiments with RFID, as you just saw, but apparently, folks, they're being just as sneaky in putting a public spin on the definition of RFID. For instance, folks, after an early consumer poll was taken, I think it was way back in 2002, by the industry about using RFID, the biggest, what they found out, the biggest concern consumers had was the fear that they'd be tracked with RFID through their clothing spied on by corporations and governments and taken advantage of by thieves. So the industry leaders and they take that to heart and are you kidding? Pay attention. So the industry leaders came up with a new tactic. They said and I quote discussing any benefits or using rational arguments is largely ineffective and is perceived as spin. Once consumers are concerned they remain concerned no matter what we tell them. So here's actually what they came up with to combat our concerns. Get this. Uh, they said quote the best communication Strategy appears to be lie, lie, pants on fire here to be positioning the technology simply as what an improved barcode when they know full well, folks, it's not, and that is extremely dishonest. It is not more like that, but they found that that's what works on us. Just keep telling that mantra over and over again, even though it's a lie. But that's right, all folks. Uh, this controversial, dishonest behavior of corporations using the tracking abilities of RFID became even more fueled when a public relations document was accidentally found and exposed called this, AutoID Consortium Public Relations Campaign. Accidentally somebody came across it. Oops, talk about, again, your sins finding up. Here's what it stated, folks. It was all designed, that document, to quote, ways to neutralize opposition and said how corporations would get consumers to resign, quote, resign themselves to the inevitability of it, period. While really pretending to address our privacy concerns. Actual documents from themselves. And we're supposed to trust these guys? And they got our best interests at heart? I don't think so, folks. That's a really lame excuse. Liar, liar. Pants on fire. But that's right, folks. That's done not all. The sixth one excuse they got is they say, hey, man, promoters of RFID, we've got no tracking plans. What are you guys talking about? You guys are watched out. Well, let's take a look at the facts, folks, as if the shady and dishonest behavior of corporations and entities using RFID to track and monitor people wasn't bad enough what you've seen thus far. No amount, folks, of media spin could hide their true intentions as is seen in the RFID patents that they've already filed. Proof is in the pudding. Let's take a look. For instance, Bank of America has an actual patent out. You can check every one of these out for yourself, folks. This is real. It's not science fiction. Bank of America has a patent out for RFID, what's called the System and Method for Interactive Advertising, and they combine it with another one called a Crowd Identification Device. And it's designed to scan the RFID tags on the things that people are wearing and carrying. Now, wait a second. How can it do that if the tags are turned off? I guess you're not supposed to think about that, in order to pinpoint and identify them. Get this. Believe it or not, this patent goes on to describe a system very much like in the movie Minority Report, in which people who come near a kiosk or other advertising venues are immediately recognized by the RFID tags they're wearing or carrying, or in things like key fobs or cards or other RFID-enabled items on them. Then the system captures video images of the consumers near the display, recording physical recording folks Physical characteristics, physical appearance, face, iris, and retinal characteristics to be processed by the crowd evaluation device. So why in the world would Bank of America want a device like this? Why, that's right, folks. To get you and I to give them more of your hard-earned money. That's right, folks. Believe it or not, you can check it out for yourself. The whole stated purpose of this patent is to personally identify you so they can bombard you with personal ads targeted towards your personal interests, preferences, or demographics wherever you go. Just like in the movie Minority Report. Don't believe me? Check it out, folks, from the actual patent. Listen to yourself. There, quote, this is the actual patent. Quote, there is a need for a public advertising and announcement device that has the ability to identify specific individuals or groups of individuals who come into contact with the device. The ability to collect, gather, and use personal information about those individuals or groups to select and present more interesting targeted ads and announcements. <laughs> Can you believe that? But I mean, that's still an awful. folks. That's right. And who could forget Procter & Gamble's patent called Systems and Methods for Tracking Consumers in a Store Environment? That's pretty blunt, isn't it? Anyway, here's what it is. RFID readers will be placed in store ceilings, floors, shelvings, and displays reading RFID tags on both carts and individual items. Then the system would measure where a shopper travels in the store, for how long, what he or she picks up, and whether a purchase results. In fact, they squarely admit this goal when they said that this device will enable them to, quote, get a detailed analysis of what uh, customers, consumers, experience in stores, where they go, how long they stay there, and what influences the paths they choose. So why in the world would Procter & Gamble want this kind of device? hey, that's right, you're catching on, to bilk us of even more of our cash. They state, here's an actual quote, actual tracking of consumers in store, what? Tracking of customers, consumers in the store environment uh, generates much more substantial information that can be used to effectively direct consumers to what? <laughs> to higher profit margin items. It's all about the money.
1: And this completes part one of the Rise of 666, a message by Pastor Billy Crone, presented here. On the undergroundchristiannetwork.com We hope that you will take and download part two of this message so you can learn more about this technology that they are using to track the world and prepare the world for 666. We hope this information is informative to you and we hope that you'll continue to stay tuned.